You're listening to Barbells, Boot Camps, and Banter, the official podcast of athletic-based training. We'll chat all things health, fitness, and probably some shenanigans along the way. I'm your host, Crystal Blank, owner of ABT and part-time Olympic weightlifter. Thanks for tuning in. What's up, guys? This is Chris, back for episode three of them Triple Bs. Actually, this is Teddy, and we're flipping the roles here today. Chris is in the hot seat. We're going to get a little insight to who the man, myth, and legend Chris LeBlanc is. Welcome to the show, Chris. <laughs> What's up? Kind words. I don't know if I uh, <laughs> earned them all, but thank you. Appreciate oh, that. it's my pleasure for having you on as a guest on Triple Bs today. Uh, how we doing today? How we feeling? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Solid morning. Just yeah. finished up uh, morning stuff over here. So, yeah, big classes. Solid morning. Solid morning. Nothing huge, but good. Good. We're good we're mid March Madness uh, challenge, so get a, a little spike in attendance, right? A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Um, you know, this is one of our smaller challenges, not the big one. Sure. You know, teams are a little bit smaller, but it's it's fun. You know, kind of use the March Madness basketball theme, and it's kind of tournament based, and run a bracket and. Have fun with it. Do you get a bracket for March Madness going? I don't. I, this is uh, I, I haven't filled out a bracket for the last like three or four years since you were I, playing in in athletics, right? Since you were in the March Madness, or no? Basically, basically. Yeah. Um, no, I uh, I do like another one. It's not like you don't have to pick it. I, I don't have yeah. enough time in to watch. I don't watch yeah. any college basketball at all. Can't do I'm it. Not a huge college basketball fan, so I don't. I don't figure I was just. Spent like 20 years of my life just throwing my money away, so I'll just do the one that by chance once. I would have been busted after the first weekend anyways, because Northeastern's in it. I got to pick them, you know? I just, no, that's just the nostalgia. thing, too. Pick, I literally picked North Carolina to win probably like 17 years in a row. I mean, they had a good chance most well, years, yeah. but that's my squad in basketball. Yeah. And so I would pick them no matter what. But not technically your college. Where no. did you go to college? No, I went to uh, Curry College, where you will not see them in the uh, <laughs> NCAA tournament anytime soon. Uh, maybe the Division Three one. Sure. What about their football program? Is that a little better ranked? Football? Yeah, we've been, um, we, <laughs> we've gone up and down. When I was there, we started off uh, not not too good. Um, yeah. My freshman year, we actually went 0-10. One of the worst experiences of my life, but at the same time, it was one of the the best experiences of my life because of what we did next. We got a new head coach, uh, Steve Nelson, former coach of the New England Patriots. Uh, he brought in some other assistants that had NFL playing experience, some coaching experience too. And that first year, so my sophomore year, we flipped it around real quick, went six and four, then hit seven and three, then another seven and three. So that experience of just like having something so bad that first year and then mm. that quickly just with like just a different basically a different attitude different spin on things and different work ethic from everybody it flipped it around so quick yeah i mean there's so many cliches built in there too with the it's always darkest before the dawn you know you had to go through that <laughs> yeah man. absolutely terrible season to then come out better the other side yeah and not to be corny but i wouldn't change that for anything in the world like i learned so much about myself as mm. a person player just my like relate not again not to be corny my relationship with football like I I've been playing football since I was seven years old at that point and uh can honestly say it was my first love sure (laughs) like um if you look at pictures of me when I'm little I'm with some sort of jersey on some sort of helmet under my either on my head or under my uh under my arm with a football so little little tangent off here what was the uh the childhood favorite football team or favorite player so 
this is like blasphemy in New England. But New England, you know, I like New England. I like the Patriots. I didn't, well, as a kid, you can't hold it against kids having yeah. their favorites. I didn't know? dislike the Patriots, but my favorite NFL team was the Miami Dolphins. And without a doubt, my favorite player was Dan Marino. Sure. He's the reason I wore number 13. Yep. I still wore number 13 to the day I retired. <laughs> I had 13 tatted on, on my rib cage. It's... So he's a. That's the reason why that thing called started. Nice. Thirteen started. So then let's let's go back to the football career. Then was it always football? Was it only football? Was there other sports mixed in? What's your uh, What's a little bit of your athletic background in the? No man, I played it all. I played it all. I played baseball, uh, mostly baseball, basketball, and football growing up. Um, you know, played little league, mm-hmm. played you know youth basketball in in Waltham. Didn't never played soccer. I can honestly say I've never played an organized game of soccer in my life. Actually, I take that back. I played like some organized adult league once. Somebody needed a player on a Sunday night, and I showed up. Sure. And just ran around looked like an idiot, but I'm fast and stuff, so it worked out a little bit. But zero soccer skills. <laughs> so yeah, those were the main ones growing up. Um, and then once I got to to high school, I actually basketball started to kind of take it take a lead. Um, I started to like basketball a little bit more. I don't know what it was. But then I actually broke a foot my sophomore year in basketball, missed that whole season, came back from that, and then my junior year broke my other leg, tip-fib fracture. Jeez. My junior year, came back from that. It was during basketball season. I didn't feel great. I just didn't feel like I had the same athleticism, so I ended up not playing that year. And then that's really, really when football took over, that, like, that – I don't know. I just really just clicked like between my junior and senior and getting back to it. So I ended up just not playing, playing basketball anymore. At that point, I think I knew that if I was going to be an athlete in college, it was going to be through football just because sure. the way things were going. There's not really a huge calling for five, eight white kids in, in, uh, <laughs> <laughs> in college basketball, just in general. There's so, also a very hard market of dual sport athletes yeah. once you get into that level. Oh yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And I, I just knew I was, you know what? I was starting to excel more at football. Sure. Uh, you know, I wasn't a stud in high school by any chance, but I was a very solid player on a very good team. In what position were you? Corner. Played corner on uh, on defense, and I was like a wide receiver slash running back. A little different uh, offenses back then. So, sure. You know, we like to call it a flagger. And that was high school? That was high school. And when you went into uh, Curry as a football player? Curry, yeah. Curry, I went in as a defensive player. I, I mean, it was pretty much I was I was a defensive player. I was, sure. I was straight defense. That was just the way my mind worked. I was mm. I was a defensive player through and through. This is um, our house. Yeah, yeah, man. It's just the way my mind works. It works defensively in football. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was a corner. Um, walked into a team. At, you know, getting recruited by there. I thought we were. I thought we were going to be pretty good from what it seemed like. You know, I had seen some other schools and everything. I had so far leading into it. I thought I thought we were going to be okay. Once the Live bullets started being uh, shot in our direction during games. Uh, not so good. You know, I don't think any of my teammates from that year, the upperclassmen at least, are going to hear this, but we had some piss poor leadership on that team. Um, and it, it does showed, a lot to uh, impact you. Yeah. showed right away. Um, like I said, we were 0 10, and it was, I don't, they're pro- we wouldn't have won a game versus any team in the country that year. We were that bad. Sure. So, but yeah, so I played, I played corner partly because of that, the, how bad we were. I started right away. Started, had a pretty good freshman year. Stats-wise, team-wise, obviously, we were terrible. You know, the overall experience, like I said, I wouldn't change that freshman year. It was very difficult to go through, but at the same time, I learned a lot about myself. I feel like I got better as a player and then kind of had a a new jumping-off point, you know. Sure, brought you out better on the other side. Yeah, 100%, 100%. 
Yeah. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't you go to safety at some point too? Yeah, that was much later. Uh, okay. So that was after college. Um, after college, you know, four years ran its course, and I thought I was done playing football. And you know, I was actually working out at a gym in Waltham, still doing um, like cleans and stuff like that. Yeah. I just I like to lift. I always have. And I was doing cleans at a gym, just kind of like a not a fitness, plan. you know, it was a kind of a commercial gym, but a smaller like a family-owned commercial gym, if that makes any kind of sense at all. It was an athletic, Waverly Oaks Athletic Club. Like an ABT, you would say. Yeah, 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 I guess. (laughs) Um, Not class runs, though, but it had, like, you know, mostly equipment and stuff like that. So I'm over in the corner. I'm still doing cleans. Another uh, individual walked over to me, and he's like, what are you doing cleans for? I was like, ah, you know, I used to play football. Still kind of, like, just, like, doing them. It's, you know, this was before, like, CrossFit hit. Yeah. So people weren't, you know, that wasn't a thing that people saw in gyms. So he came over. We started chatting him up. Come to find he was the owner of a semi-pro team out of Clinton. He worked in Waltham, so that's where he worked out at after work sure. or during lunch breaks. <clears throat> he asked me to come out and play. At first, I was kind of hesitant. I had kind of just heard stories like semi-pro. I was like, yeah, I'm not really interested. Da-da-da-da-da. Kind of became friendly at the gym. He's like, hey, why don't you come play on our flag football team? It was an indoor team. So we started playing for that and hit it off with the guys. He's like, why don't you just come out, man? It's fun. If you like it, you like it. So played one season of flag, then the next season, um, this flag, this flag league was in the winter, so didn't play that year in the, in the summer for semi pro. But then the following following year, I decided I would. Hopped on Clinton Irish Blizzard CIB. We had a solid team, man. I mean, we had some some of my best friends to this day are on were on that team. Um, nice. Yeah, we so played corn over there for a few years, but then as the uh, the years started adding up, and uh, you know, I was still pretty athletic, but at the same time, I became mind-wise, I just started to drift towards safety. I didn't want it to be a safety, so mm. ended up making the switch. And probably the last like five years of my career, I played I played safety. Nice. Yeah. Okay, that's awesome. That's a that's a good uh, transition throughout the athletic career to get to the next level when you didn't expect to. You know, it's a nice uh, it's a nice story that a lot of people don't get. So fill in the gap for me then in that time uh, between college to the semi-pro team, what were you doing with athletics? Coaching or? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so actually um, when I was at Curry, you know, I kind of always knew I wanted to coach. I think all my mentors were coaches. Sure. Um, you know, growing up before, you know, strength and conditioning was big. We had one of our, he's actually the freshman coach. Um, kind of a position coach. He had a background in strength and conditioning, and he set us up really well for like learning these things and having like good a good background for it. So I always liked, you know, he was he was one of my mentors. You know, just all my mentors seem to be coaches. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, you know, I liked a couple of teachers here and there, but you know, it's tend to gravitate gravitate towards the coaches. Um, so I kind of always knew I wanted to. While I was at Curry, I think it was during my senior year. At some point, my defensive coordinator kind of alluded to the fact that if I was interested that they'd love to have me coach the following year slash be a graduate assistant type thing. So I kind of hopped right on that, you know, nice. My defensive coordinator was again, another mentor of mine really looked up to the way that he did things. And so I hopped right on that. So I stayed at Curry for a year and change. I coached for the, the, the year after I played um, and then kind of the off season of the next one. And then it was kind of time to get, a real job. <laughs> so um, I fell back on what I actually went to college for. <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's get the story. Music? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was actually a banjo player. No, nice. Um, 
No, so I went to school for elementary education. No way. Yeah, so I was there for elementary ed and used that. I got a job at a, a school in Waltham that was for behavioral kids with um, developmental disabilities, all different kinds. We had, I mean, ran the full spectrum. Yeah. Um, behavioral. Um, this was a residential school, so it was a little different from typical high school, elementary school. This was kids with pretty severe, severe behaviors, severe issues, um, enough so that they were outplaced to a residential placement in Walmart. Yeah. Um, we had like seven residences around the area, and I started off there as a teacher's assistant. Kind of walked in like 22, 23 years old, like didn't know what the hell was going on in the world, and like that place hit me in the face. A little bright, bright, uh, bright eye. Oh, yeah, ready to take it on. Yeah. Uh, so I taught, I was a TA there for, I started in January. Did that throughout, you know, did that throughout, and then towards the end of the summer, actually, here's a funny story, and here's a funny connection, ABT connection. Josh, you know, Josh Sanford, that's mm -hmm. my friend, he was leaving. He was a teacher at that school. He was leaving. They were moving away. So his classroom opened up, and they offered me his classroom. So oh. I slid into his spot and became a classroom teacher. Okay. So teaching, coaching, this all kind of falls in line, though. I know different uh, skills and, and requirements are needed, but they're both similar in essence. You're you're guiding and leading people through whatever they need to be led through. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I mean, if you you're, you're when you're coaching, you're teaching somebody something. Yeah. You're 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 trying to relay a message that you want them to get, want them to learn, want yeah. them to be able to do. It's a, it's the same thing. It's yeah. the same. You know, use the same. You know, philosophies. Use the same. I don't know what the word I'm looking for. Did but, you find it easy to transition from coaching into that real-world teaching position? Not that coaching isn't real-world, but the much more structured, hey, this is a teaching position. You have requirements and expectations beyond uh, a, a coaching on the football field position has. Yeah, I, f I feel like I did. And I did. And the, th the other part of it, I think just playing team sports, like you're part of a team, especially there, it was it's, it was, it's a high-stress environment. Mm. Um, there was restraints every day. Kids are having aggressive, aggressive behaviors, things like that. So you really need to be on point with yep. your team, with your team, with your other teachers and specialists and all that. So that part of it's a huge, a huge carryover. Yeah. You know, you, you could honestly tell the people who had never played team sports in those situations. You I, could see it. You I think that's something you can see in. See yeah, that's something you can see in people in uh, a boot camp setting as well. You know, you know who the former athletes are. You yeah. can tell who's had what experiences. But that's that's interesting how, how you compare the high stress environments because you're absolutely right. One has a 300 pound uh, lineman coming at you. The other one has 30 kids that have individual <laughs> needs. Yeah, or a 300 pound kid coming at you. That's oh, that, that's <laughs> happened before. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. So talk a little bit more about the teaching. This is actually uh, interesting for me. I've never heard this myself. Yeah. How long were you teaching for? So I taught there for. So I was at that school for a total for about 10 years, I want to say. I think that's the timeline. Give or take. So are you 90 now? I'm about 90. Yeah, <laughs> okay. About 90. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> so 10 years teaching. Yeah. So I was in. So not fully always teaching. So I was in that TA role. Then I moved to a lead cl classroom role. Um, and then we had. It was a little bit different. It's not like your typical phys ed department at this school, um, but I basically moved to the phys ed department when a position opened up there. We called it a recreation coordinator. We did a lot of stuff during the day, um, but then a lot of stuff after school too. So like when the kids were at the residences, we would drive, pick them up, you know, we'd go to the park, play basketball, set up different leagues for them, things like that. So I did that. I was in that capacity 
I want to say that was like five years too. Like I want, it might've been like a five, five split. I don't remember the exact dates, but from that point, that's why I really started to get into teaching the kids fitness type things. Like we just started to get this fitness initiative. Sure. We got a grant to open a, like have a fitness room. And then from that point, I kind of just really started to click that I wanted to do more of that. And I really started to focus on that with the kids. Like I started to write individualized programs for kids nice. and things like that. So then I was like, hey, let's take this to the, to the next level. If we're going to do this, let's do this. So yeah. then I started looking into getting some certifications. So I started doing that. And then... Okay, so the pieces are coming together now. Yeah, we've yeah, got yeah, that yeah. playing career. We've got yeah. the coaching career. We've got the teaching career. And then that kind of guided you into the path now where you brought that athletic teaching, coaching, everything together. What did that do? You got certifications. What What did it direct you towards? Okay, so, um, so what happened was I was teaching there still. Got a certification. Was just kind of using it there for the yeah. time being. Then... I started wanting to maybe, you know, my brother actually mentioned, he's like, hey, what are you going to do with that? Are you going to like look to start training people? What's mm. the, what's the whole, what's the whole point of this? And I was like, yeah, I mean, I would definitely do that. You know, see what happens. I have no idea. He goes, there's a place in Holliston and his kids at the time were training there. His oldest son, his, his daughter, you know, a couple of his kids are training there. So, and he's like, and actually he's like, I think you, you know, one of them. And I was like, oh yeah. He's like, yeah. Remember Rich, that was your trainer at Curry. The athletic trainer, no him way. and his wife own this place, ABT in Holliston. He's like, yeah, it's lit, crazy <laughs> connections, right? So he's like, yeah, there's a guy over there though. Kevin kind of runs the place, you know, um, he's like the director. He's like, let me talk to him, see what's up. So they were actually kind of looking for a part-time trainer at the time. So I went over, it was towards the tail end of the summer, met with Kevin, hit it off with Kev real quick. Still talk to Kev all the time. One of my good friends. Yep. Um, he's a head strength coach over at Noble Nobles now. If I do recall, he had you speak at his last seminar, I the did. little speed cool. uh, course. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, that's speed awesome. Course. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> speed, uh, course. speed course. Yeah. I thought it was, I mean, that was a, a two on the Teddy uh, dad joke type thing. Yeah. Unintentional. Unintentional. But, um, so anyway, yeah, so I hit it off with Kev. Basically, they offered me a part-time job, and it was literally like five hours. It was like, I did a couple after-school things. Basically, our performance classes, developmental classes, sure. did like, I think I was working like two days at a time. So basically what it was, I was leaving my job. I could kind of, the, the position I was in, I could set my own hours. Okay. So I'd go in a little early or I'd stay later one day and I'd make that work. As long as I got 40 over there, they didn't really care. Okay. Um, I could kind of manipulate that. So I was leaving work a couple of days, going to work there. Uh, pretty soon they started asking me to pick up a couple more. So now I was like leaving a little early, doing the same thing again. And then at one point... I started doing a couple of adult classes, you know, again, just adding kind of more. Yeah. And mentally, I started kind of checking out at the at the at the school, not because of the kids. I mean, you know, it's that it's a, that's a tough environment it's to be stressful. in for ten years. Um, so you do start to get kind of, you know, there's a burnout. There's a burnout. Same with athletics as well. You yeah. experience it, and luckily you transition to coaching, so yeah. that burnout may not have been as decisive right. at that point, you know, right. but. It happens in every job, every role, every everything you do, there's a risk of burning out. So yeah. it's good you caught it and you started to get yeah. that transition going. Yeah. So and then at the I mean at kind of at that time too, and you know, I just there was a couple of things with like management and stuff at the time that were going through that wasn't wasn't great over there. So I was starting to check out of there and just so happened they were opening the Milford facility. Basically we're like, Hey, look, we need somebody to take on that responsibility of being the guy over at Milford. Would you do it? And me and Rich had a conversation, basically a money conversation about how that, what that would have to look like. Lay out some logistics. Yeah, and the that details. kind of made that work. So I made the decision to 
basically flip roles. Okay, so you made the transition full-time over to ABT. You worked out the details with Rich. Everything came together. And uh, what were you doing outside of that? How'd you, how'd you make the personal life mix into that? Where was, where was the other part of Chris? Because all I'm hearing about right now is coaching, teaching, athletics. Is that, is that 100 That's hours it. a That's week? Me. That's it, me. That's, all That's it. No, so actually right around the time that I came to ABT in the part-time setting, I just got married. So I actually think I came to ABT for my first interview while I was still on vacation from our honeymoon. Okay. If I'm doing the timeline right. Sure. And I'm sure Holly will correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. But I think that's correct. So I think that was the timeline. So I think I got I got married right as I was uh, to, to Holly. Okay. <laughs> most people most people out there first know. name basis first name. <laughs> yeah. same last name so. yeah <laughs> i know who i met at the school that i was teaching okay i was gonna say so you she were, was a teacher there she had you're working with her yeah she uh, was the she was the, dangerous she was the new girl in the classroom next door oh okay yeah. okay hot you know hot out of college yeah <laughs> came in and uh Swept me off my feet. And that defensive mind came in. You were like, "That's my target." <laughs> oh, that went. I went offense on that one. I went <laughs> oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, and where were you living at this point, too? So I was in Waltham. I was in Waltham. Um, kind of bounced around after college. We moved. I was in Brighton for a little bit. Austin for a little bit. Lived yep. with one of my buddies in Belmont for a little bit. Moved back home for a little bit. Um, <laughs> and then. When me and Holly kind of got serious, we actually bought a condo together in Waltham. Um, so we were back in Waltham. My, my commute was super easy. Yeah. It was like my commute was 10 minutes to work, 10 minutes home, all the restaurants I wanted. Yeah. You know, hitting up Moody Street, Main Street on a daily basis, yeah. Yeah. you know, living the life. And that was when you were working at the Holliston location. Yeah. 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 I wasn't over here too much yep. for that part, but yeah. Yeah, because then that changed a little bit once the Milford opportunity came up. You and Holly probably had to make some moves, right? Yeah, so we, uh, so I actually did commute here for a little bit while we were okay. still in Waltham. We didn't make the the move out here until Holly got pregnant, and we said, you know, let's start moving everything out here. Holly got a job at Ashland, Ashland High School, where she still where she still teaches now. So kind of like it just seemed like our life was kind of moving out west a little bit. You yeah. know, I'd always been. Uh, Waltham slash Boston kid, but mm -hmm. uh, moved out to the Burbs, um, <laughs> looked all around. You know, we looked at Marlboro, we looked at Milford, Holliston, everywhere. Um, we settled on Upton, which I honestly probably never heard of Upton. I'd seen the name Upton because mm -hmm. my brother lived in Hopkington, and it's on the yep. the exits. <laughs> but other than that, I didn't know a damn thing about Upton. Yeah. But we live there now. Love it. Uh, I got two kids there. So how long has it been in Upton now? So we moved right before Landon was born. So we've been there about seven years. Okay. A little, little over seven. I think it was. I think it was seven in, in the fall. Okay. Yeah. And what are let's let's take it away from the athletics and the coaching stuff for a little bit. What are some of the things that you enjoyed doing with the family and Holly? Like, what were some of your hobbies? What were some of the fun times you guys had and things that you do? Yeah, I mean, we do everything. We try to keep the kids as active as possible. You know, the typical Landon seven, almost seven. Cameron's. Two going on about 16. You guys have met Cameron. She's a handful. Um, so we try to keep them as active as possible. If you guys are in the gym, good chance that you see them running around. Yep. Especially Landon. He's in a couple of the classes. You know. He's better than some of the athletes sometimes. <laughs> hey, he is an athlete. You know? Yeah, right? Uh, I'm like powerlifters. Oh, 
<laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> but yeah, so Landon's already playing. You know, he's playing baseball, playing soccer. You know, he's definitely an athletic kid, but he's definitely he's got that artsy type to him, man. I don't know if people have seen he draws on the board a lot. Um, you know, he's he's got that side to him too. Cameron's gonna be the beast, I think. She's yeah. <laughs> she, she's a tough one. Yeah, she's a tough one. She's only two and a half though, so a little more than two and a half. So she, we don't got her in any sports or anything yet. But sure. I think she'll. I think she might gravitate towards that stuff. Now, was Holly an athlete too? Did you guys have that common ground? Yeah. So Holly played like soccer growing up. You know, softball growing up. Um, then she kind of gravitated towards more towards more track. Um, sure. So, which I actually did too, and I didn't really speak of that when I stopped playing baseball basketball i did a lot of track so i was basically a track football kid in, in high school so track let's stop there for a minute uh sprinting jumping power drills what were your sprint yeah i was just, well they they put me at the beginning when i first started they had me in like the mile and i was like this sucks like yeah. this i'm like not a mile i run it a 10 minute mile like, at the time i was like pretty like you know hadn't really hit any spurts yet and i was short and you know, skinny, and I guess I looked like a miler or something. Yeah. And they, like, threw me in that. And uh, I remember one day I was out with the distance kids. Like, it was a bunch of my friends, like, most of my friends. And they like, coaches, like, go run, you know, three miles. And they're out running, and we're, like, somewhere. I don't even remember where we were. I think we were, like, in Newton at this point. Like, we're running around, and they're just, like, going through. And I'm just, like, dying, trying to just keep up. And at one point, I'm just like, I can't do it anymore. And this is... I'll date myself again. I'll do this many times throughout our podcast for the young kids that don't even know what this is about. I stopped at a convenience store and used the pay phone. <laughs> and I called my mom and said, come pick me up. I'm like, there's no way I'm <laughs> That's a true story. <laughs> and that's how Chris got into sprinting. <laughs> yep. So then from that point on, I was a sprinter. They moved me down to like the 800, which is still hella long for me was okay in that then they moved me outdoor i became a 400 type guy i actually excelled in the 400 400 was probably my best event sure um throughout indoor i only did indoor one year and i ran the the 50 um in the 300 relay for that sure so much better at the sprint stuff much better power athlete you know as yeah. most most people know that come to classes know that i'm not a huge endurance guy i like that one rep olympic <laughs> lifting type stuff you know that's my uh that's my forte so it makes sense then that you didn't do any throwing stuff if the the size hadn't built on yet, the power wasn't there yet. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think we, I tried the javelin once. I'm sure there wasn't people a look at you, they'd be like, "Oh, you did track? You were a thrower, right?" Like yeah. they would, they would anticipate you doing something more. Um, yeah, I get. I mean, I guess I was. I, yeah, I just never, never threw. I tried javelin, just didn't have the technique down and. You know, just couldn't figure so out. So what about jumping hurdles, triple jump, any of that? Oh, uh, so I did long jump, high jump. Decent long jump or high jump where I could get up in the air, but uh, my technique was horrendous. Um, Literally couldn't do the flop. Like, no I bar awareness. Yeah, yeah, like I could not get that flop thing down. Something about it being behind me, I just couldn't couldn't grasp that part. Um, but I still did it in meets, and I would just run full speed hop off of jump off of one foot and literally jump in front flip over the bar okay and it counts as long as you don't touch it yeah i mean i would be i mean i would place in meets i would place yeah. in meets and like other teams would think it's hilarious <laughs> like they would like hilarious laugh. and also just be dropping the middle finger because you're beating yeah. them and front flipping through it yeah it was pretty funny it was pretty funny my coach was like how come you can't flip how come you can't do the flop i was like i have no idea man. i just can't i just couldn't figure it out this is one of those things. i tried it i tried it for a lot of for a lot of hours i tried it just couldn't do it 
But yeah, never did hurdles or anything like that. Stayed with the, I don't know what you call it, the, the 400. 400 was definitely my forte. Sure. Yeah. But I think this is all telling a story, again, that football was the first love. It's the, oh, the yeah. running theme, you know. It was yeah. uh, Everything else was built around football. Yeah, I literally had to be <laughs> forced to stop playing football. I mean, I played till off and on. Uh, it was a couple of years I didn't play in the semi-pro world, uh, but went back to it two years ago, three years ago, at the age of like 30, 36, 37. Yeah. But basically when I went back to it that last year, the, me and Holly had one deal, any concussions, and I was out. And, Fair. And that happened like three or four games in. Sure. So... Um, that was it. You know, that so was all she wrote. That brings up a good uh, quick tangent, too. How does that make you look at youth sports for your kids? Yeah, you know, I, I go back and forth on it, and I, w- I would definitely say, I mean, I want them to get involved in as many sports as they can. I, I want them to find their love. I don't want, like, Landon to play football because I love football. If he likes soccer, he can play soccer. If he wants to golf, he can golf. I want him to try to do something. I want to try to expose him to as many things athletically as possible. Um, and if he falls in love with something the way that I fell in love with football, awesome. If he doesn't, he wants to go the art route. Hey, man, like whatever. But sure. I'll still try to promote, you know, healthy lifestyles. And you know, you're not gonna come home from from school and just sit and, and do, you know. Eat. So that's the bigger philosophy there that you've yeah. carried into your family life. The we're gonna be active. We're gonna be healthy. We're gonna be, you know, mindful. We're gonna be. Yeah. Uh, just doing everything we can. Yeah, I don't think you can dictate a sport to a kid. I really don't. Yeah. I mean, I know kids that it happens to, you know, and I know, like, their parents are strict, and they, they you know, they, they force, I don't say force, but, you know, they encourage. They, they strongly encourage certain <laughs> sports, you know. Um, I just don't, I just, that's not me. You know what I mean? Yeah. My, my parents, my love for football didn't come from my parents making me do anything. My parents were very hands-off, to tell you the truth, as far as my, acad- my athletic career goes. Um, I found my brother was playing football. My brother's 10 years older than me. He was playing football. I looked up to that. I think that's kind of where it started. But it was never a, a like, you got to go play football. This is what we're doing. It, it was just like a, you know, I loved that sport. I fell in love with it yeah. on my own. You know, I found it not not being pushed to it. Yeah. You know? And I think that happens a lot nowadays where, you know, I'm not saying these kids don't like playing the sports, but the way that they're playing sports and the amount of time they're playing it yeah. gets pushed on them and a lot of kids i've seen it many times you know kids that were really good athletes in their middle school and even like lower high school they fall out of love with it you know and they don't they don't want to play later you know it's, mm. it's tough I, you know it's burnt out that's a whole nother we can have a i can go on for days about the, the state of youth <laughs> athletics absolutely in, in the united states today but but it's, a, that for another day. it's an interesting conversation to have how it relates to your family in particular and the lifestyle that you try to, one, live, and then, two, impart on your young, impressionable children, the the message you're trying to tell them. You know, what is that overall philosophy that you bring home every day and that you share with your kids and with Holly? You know, I think I, it's not like anything I have conversations with them about, and especially, sure. I mean, they're younger and now. Not they're yeah. younger now. But, you know, to tell you the truth, I don't know if it's something that I'll have a conversation with. You know, I feel like I'm a pretty hard worker in kind of everything I do. I got that from both my parents, and it was never through a conversation. Yep. They, I just saw it. I saw my dad wake up every morning, you know, before the sun came up and went and, and you know, and banged nails for, for my whole life. My mom, you know, she cleaned houses, and she was a cafeteria worker. You know what I mean? They just – and they didn't – talk about it that much they just went and did it every day very rarely did either one of them ever call out sick 
you know, but they never had that conversation with me. I just saw it. I just saw it and I've learned it through that. And I think if you look at like, look at my brother, my brother's the same way. My brother's a hard worker. Um, my sister's the same way. It's just, but we learned it yeah. just through example. So, you know, I mean, like, that's the best way that I think I know how to teach my kids that if I set a good example, you know, you know, just turned 40 and I'm still trying to lift as heavy as I can and jump as high as I can and run as fast as I can. Hey, that's my example. Like th that's what I'm doing. If, yeah. you know, some of my friends still like, you know, I'll post a video here and there about, you know, like lifting and they'll every time, like I could, I can't believe you still clean. I can't believe you still doing that. Like, mm. Dude, I don't know any other, I don't know any other way. I, I really yeah. don't like it's, I don't make a conscious decision to want to do this stuff anymore. Yeah. It's just kind of the way I'm wired. It's just what I do. You know, I wouldn't, I, I don't know. I just couldn't imagine it any other way. Yeah. No, it makes sense. Leading by example, you know, hoping that they follow in the footsteps of hard work and self-confidence and, yeah. you know, having that drive to just do better each day. Yeah. You know? Uh, and on that note, actually, you've got a competition coming up, huh? Uh, yes, I do. We leave tomorrow. Competition slash family trip. Oh, okay. So we're heading down to Disney World slash Orlando. Uh, we leave tomorrow night, so tomorrow night, Wednesday night. I compete Saturday. So cool. we'll be at Disney for two days. I compete on Saturday. Vacation takes a pause. I compete, crush it. Then we go Sunday, <laughs> Hell Monday, yeah. take back off, come back here. We'll be back here. I'll be here Tuesday. I'll be back here next Tuesday, 5 nice. a.m. Yeah. Is everyone excited about going down? Yeah, the kids are pumped, man. The kids are pumped. Landon's pumped. Um, Cameron's actually pretty excited, too. I think she's just excited because Landon's excited. Sure. She doesn't even know what to be excited about. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. They don't know what to expect. I don't think they really know what they're in store for. Well, Landon's been to one of your competitions before. Oh, competitions-wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, they both have. They've been oh, to competitions. Oh, but Disney World-wise. I'm talking about Disney yeah. World. Man. Disney World's going to Whole like new thing. Explode their A faces. whole new world, if you will. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Disney puns. Disney. Yeah. Lion's not one of my favorites, man. I'm not a huge Aladdin guy. Oh, I can't wait for the new one with Will Smith. Looks good. Yeah, looks I just never was an Aladdin action. guy. I was more Lion King. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I can't yeah. wait for that one either. Yeah, that's that coming out April, that I think. Amazing. Uh, and that's the cool thing about having kids. It's like, <laughs> right? Like, you can be, you can just love all these movies again and, like, not be creepy. Yeah. <laughs> Nerd out to Disney <laughs> exactly. movies again. Exactly. Hey, at least you don't have to go into a blockbuster and rent it and be like, no, it's for my kids. Right, yeah, just Netflix it. No, <laughs> yep. Yeah. 100%. Well, hey, good luck in the competition. Yeah, That'll man. I'm excited. Training's been going well. The weight weight management this time around has probably been the easiest I've ever had. Mm. Pretty soon, I'll get to put a little weight back on so all the boot campers can stop calling me skinny. <laughs> Don't call guys skinny. Yeah. Shredded, lean, lean is good. Lean, yeah. Skinny's uh, not good. I don't, we don't like yeah, it. Yeah, skinny's not good. Don't tell us we look trim. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but you do look good. You're lifting well. You're eating right. Yeah. And it's all translating. It's going to pay off. Yeah. We got good things ahead for you. Yeah, lifts feeling good. Pretty much finished up my last heavy day yesterday. And uh, basically now it's just kind of uh, managing, doing some technique work and keeping staying fresh. So, cool. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Oh, yeah. Always fun to compete, man. Always it is. fun to compete. I mean, that's the reason why I got into Olympic lifting, I think. Sure. You know, had a background because of football. You know, you do your cleans and you do all that stuff. Once football was done, like I that that fire you had an outlet. Yeah, the fire wasn't out yet completely. So mm -hmm. it's like I need something, man. I need something. Yeah. And, uh, I think that speaks a lot about how you're raised too. There's just always a drive to do a little more work. Yeah. Yeah. You know? man. I just had to do something. So I don't know. It's tough for me to to just train, just to train. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely. I've always trained for something my entire life. Yeah. Like, like when I when I worked out, it was for football. 
Um, so now it's like, now I train, but it's for competitions. There's purpose behind what you do. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I mean, and there is that drive to want to stay healthy and stay fit and stay, you know. Still purpose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, the main drive for me still is yeah. the, the competition at the end of it. Yep. Now, let me ask, I know in, in the past when you've been traveling for family stuff, you've usually reached out to gyms that you're going to to get a training day in or something. Have you looked around in Orlando? Have you I haven't for that just because um, the way the training cycle falls, I'm not really going to get another day in. It'll okay. Just the, day, the, the competition will be at a gym, another gym. You'll be getting uh, your cardio walking around Disney. Oh, yeah, man. I'm probably going to – I don't even know how many steps I'll get. Just hope I don't die before the <laughs> uh so straight up put on some sunscreen because if you get burnt oh, those lips know, are gonna right? suck <laughs> trying to catch a clean but just like burnt chest because yeah. i'll be walking around disney world no shorts. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a little creepy <laughs> no. hey, kids. um so you didn't reach out to anyone and no in not this time no not gyms. this time around no not this time around sure so th- then that brings it back you've done all your training for this this cycle at ABT. Yep. This cycle I have, uh, once in a while I'll go to a couple other gyms. Yeah. A couple of friends and stuff that have other places. Um, but this time has been exclusively here. You know, sometimes it's just time management. Tell you the truth, I'm pretty busy these days. Yeah. Um, right. Jumping around. So the, just even like a, you know, a 40 minute ride to another gym and back is something that doesn't really fit my schedule. Well, and that forces the, the situation to take place at ABT. You know, you have to lift here because you're already coaching here and you've got family that's right in the area that you need to be with. Yeah. But talk a little bit about those other things you just alluded to. What else are you doing outside of ABT? Um, okay, so I'm also the head strength coach at Nipmuc High School. Okay. Uh, so for people not familiar, Nipmuc is the regional high school for Upton and Menden. <clears throat> so I've been doing that. This is my second full year over there. Uh, so I'm the Strength coach for all the all the sports over all there, sports. all sports over there. So, you know, I work with them all, and then also I'm doing some stuff with Milford football. Uh, we do that Monday, Wednesdays, and Friday mornings before school. Strength coaching. Strength coaching there. Yep. So just football over there right now. You know, getting anywhere between like 15 and you know, close to 30 kids in the morning. Yep. Just testament to their dedication over there yeah um and then also i'm working with the incoming the rising freshman class i guess you would will you'd call it um over at halston i do that on sundays Jeez. So, do you get any family time yeah, we try to get a little <laughs> outside of the gym <laughs> yeah man it, i mean it is tough it is tough that's the one thing about the this the where i'm at right now in the, in the in the career you know still trying to build it and still trying to keep it going you know, it's it's a lot of early mornings and it's a lot of late nights and Especially it's, so, being it's an seven owner. days. Yeah, and it's seven days a week. You know, so it's it's just constantly trying to trying to balance everything out. You know, that's where um, Google Calendar comes in huge, <laughs> which I suck at and you're good at. <laughs> I just Holly tells me to get, write things down and put things on the calendar. Yeah, and I'm not great at it. Um, I just kind of just go with it. But somehow I figured it out. I figured it out. I just kind of go with it. Yeah. But yeah, no, it, it is tough to you know. I I do try to spend as much time with the kids as I can. Um, it's just tough sometimes with the hours I do the way my schedule works out though. Mondays and Fridays, I got some blocks of time where I have, we go daddy daycare. So me and Cam usually see us strolling around, buzzing around town, coming in ABT or, you know, when sounds now that it's getting nicer, I'll hit up a park, things like that. So I get some time with her and I used to have that with Landon too before, but now he's in school full time. So sure. 
So then real quick, is there a uh, goal of taking on any more strength and conditioning coaching, <laughs> outside coaching? Because you got... Depends who's looking, hiring, you know what I mean? Yeah, right? But you're looking, what, almost 80 hours a week at ABT. Then on top of that, you got these other uh, seasonal or all-season positions with high schools. And yeah. then you've got one-on-one clients. And, you know, is there a bigger picture goal or is this... No, I mean, this is it, man. This is, this is, I mean, all of those things just yeah. kind of incorporate ABT. Yep. Like, you know what I mean? It's, you know, I'm over at, I'm over at Nimuck and yes, I'm Crystal Blank is the straight coach, but that's ABT. You're wearing an ABT shirt. That's ABT You're... over there. Yeah. That's, you know, when we're over in the, you know, we're over at Milford, you know, that's, that's, you come with me on Fridays, yep. you know, um, try to represent ABT all over the community. You know, we try to stay involved in as many, many things as we can, you know, yeah. um, you know, we do that, the was it the celebrate Milford Day? Yep. Um, you know, we'll do stuff at I do stuff at Hopedale too. We've done some like fitness nights at Hopedale. You do the Milford actually community thinking, use? Yeah, Milford community use. Um, I actually think I'm speaking at some event at at Hopedale. Um, and let's uh, let's get this then. When do you sleep? Ah, uh, <laughs> that's a whole that's a whole other podcast. I average about. <laughs> Anywhere between four and five a night. Yeah, and it's it's funny because we talk about this all the time, how little sleep Chris gets, and there is approximately 3% of the world population that has a gene that enables them to run off of less than four hours of sleep. I know if I don't get my seven, I'm miserable. And you're walking around every day bright-eyed with four and a half hours of yeah, sleep man. going I, on. Like, I'll tell you what, I, I it came up like this past week, I do have like a sweet spot. It's like, I don't, I, if I'm in that sure. four or five range, I'm money. If I get too much, it's like, I, I, I feel you're hungover. <laughs> yeah. No, like I'm almost hungover. Yeah. Um, you know, and then if I get less, sometimes with the kids, you know, you get a yeah. little less, I feel like I'm the, you know, the same way, but like I have, do have that like little, that range. Yeah. So I'm also assuming after this competition's done, there'll be a little, uh, a little relaxation period, a little let's uh, hang out for a spell. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um, but I kind of got some goals for this year to hit some numbers, hopefully in this meet that allow me to do some other competition, set up some other competitions throughout the year to try to hit up some big goals that I got. So probably not as much downtime on this one. Sure. It'll probably be those last three days of vacation, and then I'm actually probably planning on just going right back at it on Tuesday. I mean, personally, I don't think you do enough, so you should probably pick up some more <laughs> yeah. things to do. Well, I was thinking of doing a powerlifting meet at the same time. That's, <laughs> but that's easy. That's, that's not athletic. Simple. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> can do that in my sleep. Shots fired again. <laughs> oh, well, good stuff, man. Um, thank you for putting me in the hosting chair, so yeah, I'm going to spin this on you real quick and All play right. that word association game All with right. you. And I got a couple here for you. I was dreading this. <laughs> Coaching. Uh, my passion. That's my passion. Uh, at the end of the day, that's what I am. That's that's what I'm always going to be. Um, I, I mean, like I said earlier, some of my greatest influences in life were my coaches. And if I could be that for one kid at some point, then not to be corny, but my time on earth was worth it. Fair. That's, that's really fair. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, next one. This is one of your most hated words. Can't. Ah, don't say it. Don't say it. Um, I'm currently struggling with. There's no such thing as can't. Um, you know, like it, it, it's exactly what it is. You're currently struggling with something. At that moment, you are unable to do it. But if you work your ass off hard enough and fix your technique or whatever it is, you you can do it. 
You can do anything you set your mind to, man. And I think the perfect testament to that is uh, last season's holiday challenge when we had about 15 people in here struggling with uh, single leg get-ups. Yeah. And yeah. not everyone was able to do it, but how many people did do it? Yeah, and sometimes that's, yeah. Looked at it, said, I can't do that. Right. And then practice, 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 and boom. And that's the beauty of it, making people work to that goal, that end goal. It's, it's, they're competing with themselves, right? They're yep. competing with other people, but they're like competing with themselves, trying to, trying to just make themselves better like that. Yeah. You know? There is no can't. There is none. It's a terrible word. Horrible. All right, last one. Wolfpack. Ha. That's, that's just anybody that I consider in, in my, in my tribe. Um, I've kind of, so I don't, I'm not going to like say this. I say this about a bunch of things. Like I started this, yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Everyone does that. But I was saying Wolfpack like well before it was like a big <laughs> thing. When I was in that Clinton Irish Blizzard team, we named our, our defense the Wolfpack. And it was just like my way of like bringing everything together. And that was my first Wolfpack. That was like my defense over there. And then I started like lifting with people. And I like, that was my Wolfpack. Then I had a family and that's my Wolfpack. And then... Mm -hmm. My coaches, that's my other wolf pack. And then everybody at ABT, it's just my pack, man. And, like, the bigger the pack, the better. Yep. It's just, like, these are the people that I want to associate with, that I want to do do life with. You know what I mean? That's 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 what wolf pack means to me. Okay. Last thing to do is crack that and tell us what this sound is. So, should we say what time it is in the day? Or is that give it <laughs> No, that'll give it away. No, okay. So, a dope beverage or... What do you call it? Energy drink. Energy drink. Oh, spill. And on that, I think we have the perfect ending to a very, very insightful and very good episode. Chris, it's a pleasure from being a uh, coach in front of yours to hear a lot of your story that I may not get to hear every day because we don't always talk about our past. Yeah. Right. Uh, so this was excellent from my perspective, and I think it's, it's going to be received very well. There's a lot of information here that people don't know about you. They just know the happy, fun guy that comes in every day, and this gives them a little story to who that guy is, where he came from. Okay. Thank you. No problem. Thank you. Have a great one, everyone. Peace. Peace. Thanks for tuning in, folks. From our pack to yours, don't just talk about it, be about it.